On this episode of Extinction Event, we're doing an extinct species of giant monitor lizard called the Megalania. It was the largest terrestrial lizard to have ever existed. I think the biggest marine lizard was the Mosasaur? I hope? Uh, otherwise, I apologize and please correct me. We know nothing. Welcome to Extinction Event. Hello, Jack. Hi, Melissa. How are you doing? So great. So very good and great. That's good to hear. So as promised, today we are doing an extinct Australian megafauna from the Pleistocene epic. You picked that last episode. I did, and that was a lot of responsibility on me, and I shouldered it pretty well, I'm going to say. You did. And uh, there was some confusion on your end as to what that even was, so... We don't have to rehash that. (laughs) Well, just to break it down, that's an animal that lived in Australia that was more than 100 pounds and existed during the time range of about 2.5 million to 10,000 years ago. So now you know. Now I know. And you picked a lizard. Yeah. When I think Australia, I don't think lizards. Just snakes and spiders? More kangaroos and wallabies (laughs) and wallaroos. You're right. Kangaroo would have been the first one probably on a lot of people's list. Well, I don't have a whole lot of more banter. Um, Boomerangs, huh? Boomerangs, too, yeah. I wonder if they teach that in school. Boomerangs? Yeah, if you if you grow up in Australia, somehow that seems slightly racist that you would even s- <laughs> it does that right. you would even say that. I'm, cut that! I'm not gonna do that. Leave it in. No, because I, I have a boomerang story. I was camping in Death Valley, California, I think. Yeah, it's a go. Mm-hmm. And it, let me tell you, it's a big desert. Not a lot out there. But if you're a kid and you got a boomerang, it's it's, it's a lot of boomerang room. And I would chuck this thing so hard. I'm flying back. I'm pretty good at it. Really? Yep. And my friend was there. And very casually, you know, he uh, picked up the boomerang and tossed it over to me about 10 feet away. Right in the face. Boom. Busted my lip. Blood everywhere. And you're thinking, Death Valley, blood. What's the big deal? No. This was streaming down my white shirt. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like 11. So this is about as close to the biggest medical emergency that you could ever imagine. Were you crying? No, I'm too tough for that. Too tough. Okay. That was a complete shock. Thinking right. I'm going to die. Blood everywhere. And I'm go- and we're at a campground. And I'm like going through the campground. And people are looking at me. And they're saying, are you okay? And I'm just going, ignore, ignore, ignore. Get back to camp. And then I got there and the bleeding stopped and it was fine. But your lip. Yeah, that, it's crazy how when you get your lip, just split it open like that, how much blood comes out. Yeah. So that's my boomerang story. And that's why I think they don't teach it to kids in school in Australia, Melissa. I guess the American version is just 
guns. We get those guns in as soon as we can, you know, super soakers and cowboys and Indians. That's our version of a deadly weapon, right? I think that's everybody's version of a de- deadly weapon. <laughs> it's a gun. <laughs> uh, have you been able to pick up a boomerang since? Uh, I have not felt the need to do so. No. Yeah. They'll get you. All right. Well, thank you for that. Should we just get on with the episode then? Yes. Okay. Megalania was the largest terrestrial lizard ever. And when this animal existed, there were undoubtedly terrestrial dinosaurs that were bigger than it was, but they are from a different evolutionary branch. They're different orders. Okay. So it's kind of confusing because even though dinosaur means terrible lizard, when we're talking about dinosaurs like T-Rex and Stegosaurus, they're not really lizards. There's a lizard order, and that's not the same as the dinosaur one. The Order of the Lizards. <laughs> it's I. It's the Squamata. I, th- I think that's what it's called. I don't really mess around with the Latin <laughs> side. That of was this. Latin that you were just trying to speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's estimated that they could reach seven meters in length. I saw that. Yeah. We're really appealing to the European audience. The, uh, yeah, do you, you remember we... He's given up on America. We prom- <laughs> we, last episode, we promised to switch over to meters. But for me, I have, like, that's no context. We're going full metric. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's about 23 feet. Okay. <laughs> you gotta say that on the side. Okay, so it could reach seven meters in length and weigh over 2,000 kilos. 4,000 pounds. Okay. They would have resembled a Komodo dragon, but a Komodo dragon will only reach a max of three meters in length, 10 feet, and 68 kilos, about 150 pounds. A Megalania would have been markedly bigger, but also we don't have a complete fossil skeleton of one of these, so these are kind of just estimates. It might have been a lot smaller. Uh, we just don't know for sure. But probably around the size of a saltwater crocodile. But like the biggest one that's ever existed in all time of a saltwater crocodile. Of all time? Isn't there like massive saltwater crocs? Yeah, that's how, and these were way bigger. Well. Or possibly as big as the biggest one that ever existed. Okay. And I, I do have a, a photo to show you of these guys. I, and maybe if you want to describe it. All right. little theater of the mind. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Let me paint you a picture. Okay. So- wow. Okay. First of all, my first impression, it looks like a freeway overpass <laughs> out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> this thing is massive. Uh, it's up on four big, like, redwood tree legs, stumps, stumpy little legs, uh, and then it basically looks like a giant sub sandwich if a sub sandwich had like scaly armor. That's the body. Or submarine, you know, 
<laughs> if you don't want to go the sandwich route, you could just do a submarine. You know. Yeah. Like a nuclear kinda. sub. With legs. That's the body. Yeah, with legs. Big stumper legs. You can't even see the tail. It goes so far. It's just cut off from this picture. Um, and then the head is very snake-like, but with like a big fat neck that comes out. Basically, it's a Komodo dragon, but massive. Yeah. And the scale that they put this thing on, it's like, it's got to be 40 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't agree. With, I don't know how accurate the scale is. I don't think scale. it's Because like, if you put a person next to it, it would go up to like its toe. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's another one it, this is a sculpture of one maybe that'd be a little bit more accurate okay uh, size wise at least yeah this it's pretty big yeah this is like a size of a hippo now the sculpture makes me a little uncomfortable it kind of looks like reproductive genitalia of like a shellfish or something like whatever they did with the colors and the way things are sticking out, <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable because it doesn't quite look like a s- lizard. <laughs> okay. Jeez. All right. It- what are those like shellfish that are that basically just look like a penis? It's like a duck duck or something. A duck duck? I don't know. No, That's I, the I don't feeling know much I'm about getting. shellfish. I'm going to look it up. Oh my oh my god. The geoduck? Yes. Okay. It sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a Pokemon. Doesn't look like a Pokemon. Does not. A geoduck. I don't know if that's how you that's how you're supposed to say it, the name. But that's basically what this sculpture looks like. Yeah. A geoduck, which is well imagine like a clam and then add like a penis that's like <laughs> three times the size of a clam. That's a geoduck. I don't know how this... I've never seen one of these, but thank you for sharing that. All right. And that's been Theater of the Mind. Thank you. <laughs> Let's move on. In addition to that lovely visual description, it also had serrated blade-like teeth. And what did they eat with those teeth? Well, medium to large-sized animals, including the now extinct Diprotatron. Diprotatron. Diprotodon. I've never Diprotodon. The uh, new... the first one was a transformer. So. <laughs> okay. The... Probably the second one. Diprotodon. And I also have a image of that just to show you. You don't have to describe this, but I wanted you to see it. See what how much of a cutie this thing is. Okay. Diprotodon. Diprotodon. And it was a big marsupial. And it kind of looks like a two meter tall koala. It's got a Snoopy head. You know, Snoopy has a big round nose. Yeah. It's cute. So they would eat those. They would eat, have eaten large mammals, other reptiles, pygmy elephants, snakes, and birds. Just scooping up everything. Yeah. And um, speaking of snakes, I recently learned about an animal called Titanoboa. Okay. It's so, so terrifying, Jack. 
This is it. There's a picture of it. it yeah, it looks like a big giant snake. It was the world's largest predator for around 10 million years. That's, That's a long reign. Right? It weighed 1,100 kilos and was 13 meters long. That's big, I think. I guess. Yeah. The biggest snake in history. It's 15 times heavier than the anaconda. They discovered fossil remains of Titanoboa, 28 fossils so far. So There's you, a lot of the, records. Yeah. The, we were just littered in these snakes for a while. They found them in Colombia in what could have possibly been the world's first tropical rainforest. And this rainforest would have been a lot hotter and a lot wetter than our current day Amazon rainforest. And it's those extra warm temps that allow a snake to reach the gigantic proportions of Titanoboa because they're cold-blooded animals. So you're telling me if climate change continues on its projected course... Mm-hmm. We could be looking at a return of Titanoboas. First, yeah, exactly. At least the conditions for a Titanoboa. Yeah. They told us to expect catastrophic weather conditions. They told us to expect global warming. What they didn't expect was giant snakes. Hey, when's that subway getting here? That's no subway. It's the perfect conditions for a Titanoboa. Sir, you're going to want to see this. What's that on the radar? That's too big to be a, an aircraft carrier. That's not an aircraft carrier. What the hell is it? It's Titanoboa. It's a what? It's the largest snake that ever existed, and now it's back. Crushing the Empire State Building. Get them out of there! Mom, can you come out back? There's something I want you to see out here. Billy, don't touch it! Pretty snake. Hit him with everything you got! There's too many of them! This summer, in theaters everywhere, return of the Titanoboa. Somebody get a shitload of mice. Well, if they do come back and you're still around, I'll let them know that you put in a good word. Thank you. Because I, I don't I don't want to mess around with them. You warned everybody, you know, watch yes. out. These are bad MFers. Right. I don't know that I digress, but because it didn't even live in the time that Megalania did, it lived a lot earlier, around sixty million years ago. Mm. But I just—it seems like each epic in deep time there has its own nightmarish creatures. You know, Megalania and Titanoboa. So rad. Yeah. Anyway, back to Megalania. They had a toxic bite glands in their mouth produced a venom and we don't have a, a sample handy of that venom but based off of similar venomous lizards it probably caused the victim to bleed out excessively so they bite them and then the, the venom basically acts as a blood thinner 
and then whatever bite would just like yeah there goes all your blood uh not too dissimilar to if somebody like were to throw a boomerang at your face and yeah you in the whip right <laughs> i should ask do you know the difference between venom and poison no what makes an animal poisonous or venomous is that venom is just injected so like through the bite of a giant lizard or a titanoboa poison is basically everything else it can be inhaled swallowed or just by touching your skin hmm. it seems almost too simple the difference there but that's it interesting yeah some consider megalania to be the top apex predator of its time but there would have been another possible contender the thylacolio also known as the marsupial lion mm -hmm. so i'm going to show you a picture you're going to get that kind of a thylacine vibe from it yeah a little bit it's pretty weird looking it's like a big house cat but this drawing it's got like some funky spots on it and its ears are look more like a bat yeah well it was a marsupial carnivore Oh, it looks like a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, it does. Uh, it had really muscular forelimbs, retractable claws, and a gnarly bite. Weight-wise, they were in the six meto range. You know what? It doesn't you say work. Meters. Meto. You know what? Because if you say two hundo, that that works. <laughs> but six meto, the six. Well, you're <laughs> not saying fetos, two hundo. What do you do for meters when you're trying to do two hundo? We are just brand new babies using meters. I don't know if we can start riffing on it okay, right. quite yet. Okay, the point is it was a lot smaller, but probably a lot faster. So which one earns the title of top apex predator of its time? The lizard that's the size of a city bus. <laughs> okay. Or the scrappy rat-looking mf'er, the giant lizard. I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, so the most recent fossil remains of Megalania date to around fifty thousand years ago, and that means there was probably some overlap with humans and this giant lizard. Early Australian settlers might have encountered it. In fact, this lizard has been proposed as a possible Australian Dreamtime character. Go on. Okay, Dreamtime is what explorers and colonists called the ancient stories that Australian aboriginals would tell. Stories about an earlier time when larger supernatural creatures ruled the land. And a lot of these times, these creatures could have been real because we're talking about megafauna that died out at the end of the last ice age so they could have very well been talking about they could have passed on these stories for that long yeah yeah uh one of these creatures was the hui now that's spelt w-h-o-w-i-e hui hui I don't know how to say it exactly. It could be hooey or... To we me, should just do a clip show, a, just a super cut 
of every time we've ever said, I don't know if we're saying this right. Yeah. In all 40 episodes. <laughs> it would be three hours long. <laughs> I'm going to say it so many times. I hate that I'm saying it wrong. The who I? I'm going to say who I. Who I? Who I? Who I? I'm going to do who I. Yeah. Okay. And we believe the who I might be based off of the Megalania. Are you ready for the legend of the Hue? Yeah. The legend goes that in ancient Australia, early tribes were menaced by a massive creature. This creature had a large frog-shaped head and six powerful legs. So, so far... Not too much like the Megalania. Yeah, yeah. The Megalania had four legs. Well, maybe he was just moving the legs real fast. <laughs> it kind of looked like six. Yeah. And even though these legs were short and kind of stumpy and it couldn't run very fast, it was a creature of stealth. Silently, it would sneak up on people and then strike <laughs> and gobble them up in one bite. This creature was the Hui, and it plagued local tribes, roaming quietly through the brush and then attacking without warning. Legend claims that it could devour entire tribes in just one sitting, and there wasn't really much they could do about it. By the time you knew it was attacking, it was too late. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because... At the same time, if it was the size of a freeway overpass, <laughs> I don't know if it could really sneak up on you, right? You're like, guys, is that mountain getting closer? <laughs> uh, okay. And um, even if you were to attempt to attack it, uh, one, one tribe's hunting force might not have been enough for something that big with that many teeth. And the killing, it went on and on until eventually the local tribes got fed up and they decide to make a pact and join forces to attempt to destroy the Hui forever. The tribe's people knew that the Hui lived in a cave. So they all assembled, and one day they followed the creature back to its cavernous lair. After the Hui descended into the dark tunnels, the tribes get to work. They scavenge the surroundings for sticks and dried leaves and even entire tree trunks, anything that would burn. And they begin piling everything up at the entrance to the cave until there's this huge pile of kindling. And then they set fire to it. And they just keep it burning. Uh, they keep piling stuff on this gigantic bonfire at the cave opening. And they keep that going for days on end. Are you going to smoke them out? <laughs> um, I'd be a little spooked if I'm, I'm like, okay, so our plan is to either cook him in his cave <laughs> or put so much smoke in there he can't breathe. And then what's he going to do? He's going to come right out of that cave through the fire i do have questions about what the intent was here to kill him yeah yeah but the method you're right yeah i'm not sure 
it's actually well let me continue the story yeah so they're waiting for the hui to emerge with the hopes that with their forces combined they can kill it once and for all together there's enough of them that they can take it down you know i bet a lot of differences were settled between the tribes right when they were working together to rid themselves of this huge monster yeah you know because it took several days according to your story so yeah right a lot of hanging out (laughs) playing some games (laughs) you know buddying up collecting sticks together right burning stuff (laughs) you're gonna bond with people when you just start burning shit with them it's a bonfire yeah a bonfire singing songs yeah so they're waiting having a great time uh several days go by and then finally the hui emerges from the cave and he's probably starving because why else would he jump through a burning bonfire and i'm guessing he's pretty cranky at this point too like pretty hangry Mm-hmm. And they're probably like, yeah, was this a good idea? Like, do we really think this? Ah, now he's on fire. Ah. <laughs> it's like an angry giant lizard coming at you. Are the tribes people going to be able to take out this creature? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Hui emerges and the tribes people are giving it everything they've got. They're throwing spears, you know, they're punching him. They're probably telling some bad jokes. I'm thinking the Hui might also have been injured when he torpedoed his body through the bonfire and weak from starvation. Because, yes, the humans do succeed in killing him. And the murderous Hui is finally gone. Hooray! You know, together they've conquered this creature that has killed so many of their peoples. And that's one less terrifying Australian animal they have to worry about now. (laughs) On a list of about a thousand. Right. (laughs) And that's kind of where the story ends, the legend. But you have to assume there was more than one of these lizards and they probably had to go to a lot of caves and set a lot of bonfires if they really wanted to get rid of the hooey altogether. Well, well, probably that story was an instruction manual for anybody who runs into a hooey and then just passed down generations and generations, you know. You got Eventually, a- you wipe them all out. Right. You got a, a hooey problem. You, you need to get some sticks and some... Bonfire with the buddies. Right. (laughs) But yeah, to that point, is it just a story? Well, there might be some real merit to it. Recently, an article in Caves Australia claimed to have found the Hui's lair. Uh, They believe it was the Punilu Cave. And inside, they found two ancient tree trunks inside this cave. No way. (laughs) How did they get there, Jack? Well, it's got to be the same tree trunks that were burned in that story about the (laughs) hooey-hoo. Yeah, they could be. They also could have been washed in by an ancient flood 
Uh, I think I've heard enough. <laughs> but they could be the remnants of the great bonfire set by Aboriginal tribes to overtake the Hui. The I'm just saying, if you put it all together, there's a lot of convincing evidence that the Megalania was a real creature that Aboriginal Australians encountered. And fought to the death. Yeah, I in that story, I'm sure that giant lizard took down some so some tribes you, people. This is an extinction podcast, so are you kind of like framing this story as like that's the end of that animal, possibly? Well, okay. I mean, what I'm framing it is that if we take this story to be possibly true, that humans could have systematically taken out every one of these giant monitor lizards in that way and extincted them. And by passing down these stories that were basically instruction, step-by-step guides on how to rid yourself of giant man-eating lizards. Yeah, maybe. That's good stuff. Could be, but we don't know. Yeah, so did were humans responsible? Well, they compared fossils of Megalania to a bunch of other similar lizards, and what they found was that its build, its posture, the, the position of its limbs and its muscles really would have made it difficult for it to move very fast for any extended period. Uh, what does that mean? Basically, it would have been hard for it to run away from humans. Uh, No doubt these creatures had power, but they were ambush predators. They moved a lot like a crocodile. You know, they could strike and with one bite you're a goner. But if they were outnumbered and tried to retreat, the lizard would be at a real disadvantage. So maybe it wouldn't have taken every tribe in the region coming together to even take one down. It might have only taken a small band of hunters under the right circumstances. Because, again, we don't really know how big it was. Could have been huge, though. Right. But for me, if I'm an ancient human who's hunting this massive lizard, that takes some serious nerves. If it really was almost 2,000 kilos and 7 meters long, (laughs) 4,000 pounds and 23 feet. It's real big. Uh, I think I'm passing on going hunting that day. I'm like... Oh, my my throat's a little sore. I don't think I should go. But Melissa, you're our bravest hunter. (laughs) Actually, this might be a good time to stop and go through the voicemail. Okay. Would you rather fight a... a giant kiwi or a bunch of kiwi-sized kangaroos? But basically, basically, it. yeah. And you're in a room, just one room. Yeah. All right. So okay, so we asked that question, and this is uh, this is the voicemail. I was going to call up and say something, you know, mean about megafauna, but. Uh... I decided, no, I wouldn't do that because that would be hypocritical. <laughs> Goodbye. 
Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we got a joke. Hippocritical. Hippocritical. And a hippo is a megafauna. Yeah. So, Much better than anything that could have answered our weird question. Well, yeah. Uh, did you answer it last week? Uh, I'm going the big animal. I think I'd feel less guilt killing one big animal than having to kill a hundred tiny animals. Wow. Look, and this says I'm winning yeah. either way. I want you to realize this. Why? I'm coming out on top. Oh, like you can take down either foe. I'm having to be cruel to these animals and end their lives regardless. So I'd rather just end one giant life than a bunch of tiny kangaroos, which would basically be like kangaroo babies. And who wants to kill a bunch, a hundred kangaroo babies? Not me. Yeah. You might just be able to like lay down and squash 50 of them. Might not be as gruesome as. How big do you think I am? (laughs) Kiwis are pretty small, right? I don't know. They're one of those birds on the metric system. <laughs> I have no no idea how big this lizard was. I don't know what to say for next week for the voicemail. Just call in and say what's up. Yeah. No questions no que- needed. <laughs> it's, it's open if you want. Make a suggestion. How, roast us with some criticism. Yeah. Whatever. We'll play it. Anyway, if you want to call and leave a message, go to speakpipe.com slash extinction event. It's speakpipe.com slash extinction event. Or you could drop us a line at extinctionpod at gmail. Uh, Check out our Twitter and... Melissa does TikTok. Um, Oh, not Twitter. Jeez, I forgot we had one. I'm doing TikTok now. That's at extinction event pod. Okay, so Megalania once roamed the great continent of Australia, and now it's gone forever. The most recent fossil remains for the largest terrestrial lizard of all time date to around 50,000 years ago, and chances are pretty good that humans did encounter it. Were these giant lizards such a menace to the local populations that they systematically extincted them by ambushing them in their lairs? The what, world may never know. Do, what do you, what do you think? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But as with most of the animals we do on extinction event that died off during the Pleistocene, we can't say for sure. But they do disappear right around the time when humans arrive in Australia. I'm saying that's probably not a coincidence. Uh, and even if they didn't directly hunt them into extinction. Around this time, there is a decline in many oversized mammals, specifically the ones that both humans and Megalania liked to hunt. That could mean that competition for the same resources was a contributing factor in their decline. But I I really don't know. It was the stump burners, for sure. The stump burners, yeah. Passing along their stories. Telling people how to do it. Got to burn a couple stumps. With your bu- new buddies. <laughs> right. And you know, as soon as they were done, like killing it, the, and they, they had no longer had a 
common enemy to unite against. I bet everybody kind of like took their sides real quick and was like, oh, they remembered their, they were enemies, the tribes. And then some like main character kind of broke the tension and was like, reminded everyone what they just went through. And maybe things were better after that. Maybe, but this whole story has reminded me of high school. I was in um, technical theater. You know, here are all these different people in the class, right? And we're not friends, because if you're in technical theater, you don't have friends. This is the collection of misfits. Right. And uh, so you all come together to do the big show, and you're up there in the wings, and you know, spend weeks getting all the lighting together and everything, and you like... Your friends for a couple of nights when the the show happens, and that you feel this camaraderie Oof. and it's amazing, and then it's over and you're like, cool, I made some new friends, but then you pass them in the hallway and nothing, not even a glance, nothing. It's, so it's like it's done. That's the saddest story that you've you- ever said on this podcast. <laughs> telling me you don't have a story like that in high school no i was not in technical theater (laughs) i was a jock and i played sports (laughs) so you had a lot of friends well there's a lot of guys who i was forced to hang out with all the time forced to that's the key you gotta force the friendship right all good friendships are forced okay (laughs) i learned more than i thought i was gonna learn this episode and that's it you know there's this big lizard it's gone i can't say this is one i'd put on the de-extinctions short list bring them back right yeah nobody's rooting for a giant monitor lizard to make a comeback right What's your takeaway here on that lizard, on the metric system, on anything? Um, you've kind of uh, used your technical theater skills to shed some light on the Pleistocene <laughs> era. And what a crazy hellscape it would have been. Just insane animals that could kill you at any time. And probably better for us that they're not around. So this is one where I'm like, that's fine. It's extinct. It had its 10 million years or whatever. It did its thing. And we should all take that into account. Nobody's the king forever. Yeah. My takeaway, I am also glad we don't have to coexist with them, but they're cool. I'm glad that we got the recommendation to do one. And uh, we're definitely going to do some more. There's a lot of them. Place to see Nara Megafauna. You never run out. That's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and keep the suggestions coming in. Excited for what we're doing next week. Bye. Bye. Peg Lake Deer Production.